13-year-old Adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life, but this has to be the biggest. Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. Will the brothers survive in this strange altiverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fun Kids Meets. This is the podcast where we meet loads and loads of excellent, interesting people. And I'm not going to lie, I think this one might be one of the most interesting fellows that we've come across uh, so far in the series. Uh, but first of all, on the theme of interesting people, it is the king of Fun Kids Science. It is Dan. Hello, Dan. Were you talking about me? Am I the most interesting person you've had on this podcast ever? You're the, I reckon, second most interesting person on this podcast today. Mm, well, it's always nice to be in the mix. You always want to be in the conversation to be the best, I think. Thank I think. you very much for having me, Sean. I'm, I'm excited to bring another science guest to your ears. And uh, this week is actually um, someone who I'm a big fan of. Uh, this is Adam Kay, who writes some excellent medical books. Yes, Adam Kay used to be a doctor. Uh, he, he's a doctor and a comedian and a writer and a performer. He wrote a book called This Is Going To Hurt, which I don't know, like your mum and dad might have heard, like read. It's it's old, about a bajillion books all around the world. Like think of a huge number. He sold more than that number, honestly. And now he's writing some books for us. Uh, he's written a brand new one called Kay's Anatomy. Uh, and it just takes you through all the things about your body that you wish you knew, but you've never really thought to ask. And when I, you know, when I said like, who's written some excellent medical books, I made it sound like a little bit kind of <laughs> grown up and scientific. They are like hilarious as well, because I think in this one, doesn't he like just talk about the most disgusting parts of the body and loads of great gross stuff like that? Oh yeah. There's a lot of snot and a lot of slime and a lot of spit in there. Which takes me nicely on the fun kids meets bingo because this is going to be a fun one this week because I'm just going to guess gross stuff. And A, that's going to be great because I think I'm going to be right. And B, it's just fun to guess gross things, isn't it? Um, so my first thing that I'm going to guess is that I reckon there's going to be some chat about farts. Am I, am I, am, am I in the right ballpark of disgustingness here or have I gone too immature? Is, no, it's interesting that you've gone straight for farts. In the big... Uh, dartboard that you could throw a disgusting thing at, you've gone for farts. I also call that the bullseye. <laughs> you might be on a, a a good path with that. A stinky, but good path. What else is gross? Vom's quite gross, isn't it? Doing a big sick. That's quite gross. I reckon there's going to be some chat about that. <laughs> This is a little bit of a little bit of innards coming up. Yeah, it might make an appearance. I'd also just probably strongly recommend that you're not eating some lovely dinner whilst listening to this podcast. So I think it's going to be um, uh, quite spicy. And last but by no means least, 
Is there going to be... Let's just go. Let's go for the mother load here. Let's go for triple 20. Is there going to be some poop chat? <laughs> that's going to be... That's my That's my final guest. So I've got, gone for all the big ones. Um, fart, vomit, poo. Man, I'll tell you what. For, for actually quite a highbrow scientific guest... <laughs> these are some wild guesses. You've got yourself a nice, stinking, slimy smoothie, haven't you there? I'm, I'm excited for you to drink it all in. Oh, my days. I I'm probably am going to vom just thinking about that. Right, let's go and see what you chatted to the excellent Adam K about on Fun Kids Meets this week. Now, Adam K is our guest this week. He used to be a doctor. Then he wrote a book about being a doctor. It sold about a billion copies all around the world, and he's got a new one out that I think you'll love. It's called Kay's Anatomy. It's a complete and completely disgusting guide to the human body. Uh, Adam, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. Now, listen, it's a title that promises a lot. What is the most disgusting thing that you know about the human body? Oh, where do I start? I mean, it depends what you find disgusting. If you find blood disgusting, then uh, every day your heart pumps 7,000 litres of the stuff. And 7,000 litres is enough to fill 90 pretty disgusting baths. So actually probably don't uh, don't do that. Um, it's pretty disgusting if you find out that you in the past have drunk your own wee. Mm, what? Uh, what? Yeah. what? Uh, no, it wasn't. It wasn't that lemonade that tasted a bit weird last week. It was actually uh, when you were a baby, when you were inside your mum, the uh, the the water you drank was the same as the wee that you uh, weed out. So, I mean, that's slightly disgusting. If you think brains are a bit squidgy and disgusting, if you unfolded your brain, it would be the size of your pillow. Again, please don't, please don't do that. I don't want complaints about all messed up <laughs> duvets and things. Um, the the spit that you produce in a single day would fill two cans of Coke. The longest fart ever recorded was three minutes. I mean, there's a lot of disgusting stuff going on in the air, let's be honest. Now, um, a few things I need to pick up on from that. The, the, a long fart, what would make, in your uh, medical experience, what would make a fart go for three minutes? Uh, you'd, you'd have to wonder about what the record holder uh, had been eating at the time wouldn't you? Because um, a lot of things increase the amount uh, you fart. Um, all it is, is air that's inside your intestines. And in fact, swallowing air is one of the big things that does that. So actually fizzy drinks or something that's got air in it. Also, if you like suck on your pen lid or something that puts lots of air inside. And also, I'm sure everyone realizes there are certain foods uh, that, that increase your fart volume and quantity and uh, things like beans and vegetables and meat, all sorts of things. And that's because um, when your intestines, when your gut is digesting it to get all the good stuff out, um, certain types of food, um, the um, bacteria, the little bugs that are hanging around in your gut. Oh, by the way, um, your poo is alive over half of your poo is made up of bacteria that are alive and it don't don't panic too much. Anyway, but some of these bacteria produce a bit of air and that air turns into fart. So I suspect the bloke who farted for three minutes probably had just eaten about 400 tonnes of baked beans, maybe. <laughs> it makes you think, if he's a record breaker, that he might be brilliantly well practiced at this it's it's a bit of a fuss getting a record you've got to get someone down record the thing maybe this guy has been practicing which means i don't know can he control his farts is that possible 
Yeah, that's 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 perfectly possible. And in fact, if you look back through history, there were people who made their living through professionally farting. <laughs> I don't know if this is all too disgusting. It's all going to get cut out, and no one's going to hear it. But hundreds of years ago, um, kings and queens in uh, in all sorts of countries would employ all sorts of professional jesters and entertainers. And uh, there was one in England who was known as Roland the Farter. <laughs> And uh, his job was just to uh, do amusing and amazing farts. And um, he was he was so popular with the king at the time that when he retired from his farting job, they gave him an enormous house in the country. <laughs> I tell you, my dad has been born in the wrong century. He would have made a killing back then. <laughs> Um, now, just tell us a bit more about the book. So uh, how does it look? What's the form? How did you go about researching everything that's disgusting inside your body and then making it brilliantly readable for us? Well, I worked as a doctor and so I got, I had to sit in a boring lecture theatre for six years and be told all of these facts. And the, and the facts that mostly stayed with me were the slightly disgusting ones. And I've always thought that the body is absolutely fascinating. And I know not everyone thinks the body is fascinating, but that's only because they don't realise quite how amazing some of this stuff is. And I thought I could write down everything I know about the body and other people might also also find this stuff interesting. Um, things like um, the amount of skin that you shed in a lifetime would fill a wheelbarrow. That's, uh, or the fact that you blink for one month every year, or that your nose can tell the difference between a trillion different smells. And um, maybe your dad's farts are the very worst of that trillion. I tell you what, Adam, 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 they are, they are horrendous. Listen, it's made me think of a question, the fart question. What's the kind of the biological difference between a barp and a fart? I know they come out of different ends, but what's happening inside your body, which determines where it's going to come out of? It's basically as simple as, uh, as where the air gets produced. Top half up as a burp, bottom half down as a fart. So anything that's in your stomach, if your stomach's all a bit stretched with all of this air that's in it, you've just sort of, you've just chugged 10 pints of Coke and then uh, it's suddenly out the top. That would make a nice slogan, I think. Top half burp, bottom half fart. Yep. Uh, now, listen, thank you so much for coming on. When we get proper experts, uh, we like to get questions from our listeners and just chuck them at you and see what happens. If you've got something, by the way, leave it as a review for the Fun Kids Science Weekly over on Apple Podcasts. Uh, Finn has done that. Who wants to know, Adam, why do we get headaches and migraines? What's going on there? Right. Annoying, aren't they? I mean, there's lots of different things that cause uh, headaches, things like stress. Uh, when you've had a nasty old day and school has been rubbish or the you know, traffic's been awful, the muscles in your head can tighten up. If you're dehydrated, like you've not had enough to drink, if you've been listening to loud music, if you're tired, if you've been on a long car journey. Um, and also there's a fun reason. Um, if you've had a load of ice cream uh, really quickly, you get brain freeze, uh, which you'll be pleased to hear doesn't actually mean that your brain is freezing. Um, what's happened there is nerves, which are these little uh, wires that send messages all around your body, have got confused. And instead of sending a signal 
signal to your brain saying this is cold it gets muddled up and goes ah this is painful and that's uh, and that's uh, that's a brain freeze and while i've got you um there is one serious type of of headache that i think everyone should know about which is called meningitis and it's not very common and now we can have vaccinations that stop you getting the most serious types but this is a headache that also gives you a rash or also gives you a stiff neck and if you've got a headache with a rash or a stiff neck that's something to always chat to an adult about uh yeah brilliant um of, of course we need to keep that in mind so is it a headache at times is it the muscles getting tired and, and squeezing is is that what's making us a bit pained when we don't have enough water yeah there are all sorts of all sorts of things uh, that can make the brain hurt uh, weirdly um the brain itself for the squidgy gray and white stuff doesn't actually feel pain itself. So when you're feeling pain of a headache, it's to do with muscles or or blood vessels or, or and the stuff around the head. So you can do an operation on someone when they're awake on their brain and it doesn't hurt because the brain itself, even though it's in charge of you know all the pain when you stub your toe or whatever, doesn't feel pain itself. And um, once uh, a, a doctor was doing an operation on uh, on someone and they played the violin whilst they were operating uh, on this person's brain. So I really hope that uh, patient was very good at the violin because otherwise that would have been really off-putting for the doctors. Uh, yeah, that's kind of creeping me out, the fact the brain can't feel pain itself. So thank you so much for that question, Finn. Uh, this one's from Lily. Uh, why do we throw up? So when we're ill, when we're feeling sick, why is one of our body's reaction to propel food and other stuff out of our mouth? Yeah, it's a very good question from Lily. And again, there's lots of reasons for it. So anything from like a bad headache to, you know, a high temperature, if you've just stepped off a roller coaster, if you've just read a particularly disgusting book, um, that all can make you throw up or vomit, to use the proper medical term. But the most common reason is because your stomach has detected something that shouldn't be in there. So like if your your stomach spots that you've uh, eaten some food that's covered in germs, it tells your brain to press the ejector seat. And so right at the bottom of the stomach, that all closes up. And then your abs, so the muscles at the, the front, uh, in front of your, uh, your stomach, squeeze in. And then suddenly your lunch is all over your, your jumper. Um, and that characteristic horrible smell uh, comes from uh, something called butyric acid. That's a good one. Remember butyric acid, because uh, that's a fact that I bet you that your parents and your teachers don't know. Um, so, and you can show off with that one or, or make them seem stupid, whichever you, you prefer. So the butyric acid um, gives it its smell. And interestingly, butyric acid is also found in lots of different cheeses. Uh, so if you've ever you know, sniffed some Parmesan and thought, that smells a bit like puke, you were right. It's exactly the same stuff. So when we, when we have to take a day off school, maybe, and you know, without getting too disgusting, when you've been sick for a while and you're still sick, nothing's coming up, but you still feel like you need to retch. What's happening in, what's our stomach detected there that makes you want to vomit? Um, it's, the, the muscle is just very... Um, sore 
really. So like, you know, if you do loads of exercise, you know, sort of lifting your weights up, as I know you do all the time, Dan, probably doing it now. Um, after you've done it, you know, lift it, lifted the, the, the weights a few times, your arms, your arms getting sore and sensitive and, uh, exactly the same happens in your stomach it's it's had a really rotten time with these germs in it and it's anything you put down in there makes it sort of twitch and sort of and want to get rid of anything that's in there so it's it's overreacting a bit ah lily thank you so much for that this one is from ben who uh who wants to know how do we talk what's making the sounds that's a very good question Really, talking is just a slightly fancy version of uh, breathing out. So, you know, uh, obviously breathing involves your lungs, air goes in, air goes out. And as it's coming out, if you want to talk, um, it goes through a part of your your windpipe um, uh, called your, your vocal cords. And the air whooshing past them makes them vibrate a bit like the strings on a violin or something. And so that just creates a sound. And if you want to make the sound more exciting than just a, then you have to wobble your tongue and move your lips around. And that turns the into specific special sound. So say you want to say the word bum, who wouldn't? So you press your lips together for the B, and then you put your lips in a bit of a circle for the uh, uh, and then closed again for an M sound, m, bum. <laughs> the, the, I loved a deep dive through how you make the sound, bum. That's amazing. It's crucial ben. information. <laughs> ben, crucial information. This is from uh, Josh. And this is important at the moment. Uh, we're always hearing about vaccines in the news. And if we do feel a little bit sick, maybe we have medicine that we might have in the drawer paracetamol, ibuprofen, cowpol, that kind of thing. Josh wants to know, how do, mes- me- how do medicines make us better? That's a very good question. It's a very big question. I could write a really boring book about how medicines make us uh, make us better. Um, so, I mean, vaccines are very, very interesting because um, obviously um, vaccines are a brilliant invention. And what they do is they stop you getting a disease in the first place. And it's much better to never get it in the first place than try and treat it afterwards. And and the idea behind vaccines is tricking your body to put up all of its defences, get all of its defences ready to deal with a a, a special um, illness of any any kind. Because so like, obviously, COVID is the, is, is the illness that we've been trying to prevent a lot at the moment. And it takes your body a bit of a while, once you've got an infection, to, to develop all of its defences that it needs. And so um, the idea behind this is you give the vaccine and the body, you don't get sick, but the body makes all its defences. So if you are unlucky enough to get a bit of COVID, then hopefully your body can just thwack it away. And in terms of if you're not feeling so well, um, the way the medicines work depend on what's the matter. Um, So a lot of medicines are pills or or liquids and those you obviously swallow and then the stomach breaks it down which sends it right off to a place called the liver usually and the liver chucks the medicines into your bloodstream and luckily your blood goes everywhere which means that um, it might be pain relief that it needs to send to your head or antibiotics to send off for an infection in your you know in your throat or in your little finger or whatever so that's why you might sometimes wonder why am I why am I eating this tablet or drinking this liquid if it's got to go to my to my little finger and that's and that's the answer and um, 
Other common things, uh, lots of people have asthma. And this is a sort of medicine where you take your inhaler and you basically breathe it in. And that medicine acts directly onto the tubes inside your lungs and it works to open them up. And, and sometimes people need injections. And uh, most common one uh, for that is probably for diabetes. If you've got diabetes, you might have it, someone you know might have it. Um, it means that your body isn't making something called insulin, and your body needs some insulin. And so you replace it by putting it in yourself. Uh, amazing, amazing, amazing. Maisie is our last question. Who wants to know, how do we make more blood to stay alive? Hmm, that's very, staying alive is really important. And you're quite right that it involves having blood going around. Blood's made up of all sorts of different cells. There are uh, red blood cells and there are white blood cells and there are platelets. I don't know what color they are. Maybe green, green blood cells. Also anyway, green, yeah. Okay, fine. It's, isn't they not green, really? No, they're also a bit white, actually. So maybe that's why they didn't call them other white bloods. Anyway, so anyway, all of these uh, blood cells have a certain life expectancy. So like red blood cells last for around four months. And um, obviously your, your body agrees with Maisie that it's important to have uh, more blood to, so you can stay alive. And actually, blood comes from a slightly surprising place. Blood cells come from your bones. So um, you think of bones probably as sort of quite solid things, big lumps of white stuff. In the middle of your bones is a very squidgy bit, and that's called your bone marrow. And that's actually the bit that dogs find delicious. That's why dogs, uh, like my dog Pippin, uh, love to, to run around with a bone and chew, chew on that. So yes, your blood cells come from your bones. Very quickly, does the body have... A, a, a level where we need that amount of blood so if something bad were to happen and we were to lose blood if we give blood away and we need more it, does the body instantly know i need to get to work i need my bone marrows to start working making that blood absolutely it's a very very clever setup your body's got so um you can actually lose quite a lot of blood before it becomes a big old emergency because your body's got a little bit spare. Um, but as soon as you've lost some blood, um, your uh, a message goes out to your bones saying, hurry up, guys, we need to get some more baby blood cells. Um, and um, But obviously some people um, end up um, needing a bit, of, a bit of a blood transfusion, uh, which means blood from somebody else, because you can lose so much blood that your body won't cope very well at all. And so... One of the most amazing things that adults can do, kids can't uh, do this because, I mean, kids aren't allowed to do loads of things, not allowed to drive cars, not allowed to uh, give blood. It's so unfair. Anyway, um, is uh, giving blood. So you go along to a place and uh, in return for a bit of a lie down for half an hour, and I think you get a biscuit as well, um, they put a, a tube in your arm and take and take um, a a, a pint of blood from you. And this means that if people have had serious operations or bad car accidents or something like that, um, then every hospital has got a load of spare blood to top you up in case your bone marrow needs a, a bit of a head start. And you also get a sticker, I think, and everyone loves a sticker, Adam. Oh, yeah. I had my vaccine today and I got a sticker and I was delighted. Amazing. Well, thank you so much on, on Vaccine Day to chat to us, the brand new book, Kay's Anatomy. Uh, it's out right now. And listen, you've had, what, just over 10 minutes of incredible, uh, amazingly funny explanation. Imagine a whole book filled with that.
you need to get a copy. It's Kay's Anatomy. It's out now by Adam Kay. Thank you so much for joining us, Adam. Thank you for having me. Never have I felt so smart listening to stuff that sounds so disgusting. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? It's, this is funny stuff, and uh, it, it's also really, really clever stuff. Like, because this stuff comes from our body, and because it stinks, and because it's slimy, and we, we, we find it funny. But it's good to learn about all these things. And uh, what did you like most? I loved the fact that your brain can like spread out over an entire pillow. <laughs> yes that's just and that's just and the sort of about, imagery that i live for i like all and, that sort of stuff and stuff about you make enough spit and saliva to it's like to fill a coke can a day and to also to fill a in your lifetime it's like to fill an olympic sized swimming pool absolutely gross so gross but let's get on to the fun kids meets bingo and as predicted as a disgusting man i i, I, I quite predictably did quite well on this um, the fart fact was fantastic, and we even had the, the, the knowledge that the longest fart in the world was three minutes. Well, let's break this down, Sean. Let's talk technique. I, I didn't want like I don't want to come up uh, show, show myself to be stupid around Adam K, but how do you make a fart last for three minutes? I know that he said it's all down to what you're eating. You need loads of gaseous foods, loads of beans, loads of lentils and pulses. You need to swallow air. But how, how can you keep it going for three minutes? absolutely wild scenes disgusting wild scenes um and also if you just count three minutes in your head it's longer than you think <laughs> just how does anyone have enough space in their body to carry that gas it's like a That's whole taylor swift understand. song it's mad <laughs> it is um yeah i'm not making any jokes because taylor swift's the queen of the word so i don't really want to compare her songs to farts yeah if no, that's i know okay, that could be but... quite a sensitive subject for you but let's move on um the next one was vom and we did have some excellent good vom facts yep because uh, answering questions and everyone wants to know why we vom and adam gets straight away without missing a beat this is why we are sick i'm explaining straight in there like that no missing and do you know what we didn't we didn't go all the way down into the gutter because there wasn't much poop chat there has to be a limit sean there has to be you know we can't we can't be that disgusting on on a very smart interview like that we can't we can't drag ourselves down into the gutter on this show so there had to be a limit and i decided that limit was poo (laughs) amazing stuff dan thank you for bringing adam into our lives no thank you very much for having for having adam and me and uh, make sure you go and check out adam's uh, adam's books because if you're into gross stuff if you're into science as well they are super duper funny they're really really good and even grown-ups are gonna love adam's books as well so go and check those out dan hopefully we will see you soon yes thank you very much for having me talking about poo not talking about poo talking about farts and make sure that you uh, hit that follow button for more excellent interesting people we'll be back on fun kids meets next week bye 13 year old adam has made a lot of mistakes in his life but this has to be the biggest Thanks to a massive fight with his little brother Callum, the mysterious and magical computer algorithm Popularis Incrementum has exploded and accidentally transported them to a completely different dimension. One where they were never born and the internet doesn't exist and neither does any of the technology they know and love. 
Will the brothers survive in this strange alterverse where everything is the same but different? Can they stop an evil villain from sabotaging their dad's world-changing technology when in this universe their dad doesn't even know who they are? And most importantly of all, will they ever find a way back home? Adam Destroys the Internet is out now in paperback. Available from your local Waterstones or online at Waterstones.